0: Ela que <tos>
1: Welcome to Tiki Tuesday Talks. We're very excited this time. Uh, We actually have a quick announcement before we get into everything. We have adjusted our logo, as you guys can see here. Uh, After some conversations with Mariah Kunkel of the Pacifica Project, which you may have caught that one, and really kind of having some reflection on what we wanted to do and reflect in the future as kind of leaders of of a trade organization revolving tiki, tropical culture, cocktails, et cetera. So we'd love to hear what you guys have to say about that. Uh, But with that said, I'm gonna bring in the crew here. Hey guys. Aloha. Aloha, Aloha. 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 John and Glendon,
2: and unknown dude, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Mystery guest. This is our mystery guest, Dave. (laughs) Uh, I don't we found him in the parking lot This he's just mowsing around. So they said I could drink something here.
1: As good a reason as any. That's what we <laughs> yeah. do here, we try to do some drinking. Yeah. Where are you guys at? Talk to us about it.
2: All right, so uh, we're coming to you live um, from the Taylor Showroom in Landover, Maryland. Uh, this is Dave Forbes with Taylor. They were kind enough to uh, allow us to use their studio, if you will, to go through this uh,
0: awesome seminar. So, Amy, uh, you want to talk a little bit about yourself? So, basically, uh, we're one of 37 distributors across North America. There are 120-some all throughout uh, the world. And so, we... And part of that is uh, Taylor frozen cocktail machines. And so, we represent them for many, many years. Our preferred machine. <laughs> oh, uh, look at that. So,
1: Cool. Thanks, thanks for hosting. Thanks. Appreciate it. Alana, you're with us.
3: Hey. Where are you at? What's going on? Uh, in Toronto, uh, Toronto, Canada, up north here, um, at the bar doing prep day, you know, usual, well, it was Thanksgiving yesterday, so
1: usual uh, oh, Monday yeah.
3: on a Tuesday.
1: Right. Yeah. Did you eat a lot? What's the vibe?
3: Well, we had like a little uh, industry Thanksgiving with um, we're doing something called BBF, which was like a bartender's uh, pre- appreciation thing that we uh, set up at a new venue that we just purchased. Um, so we did that there. So we had Thanksgiving for industry people. I think 80 people showed up. Wow. Yeah, it was cool.
1: That's cool. Very cool. Yo, what's going on, man? Hi, how are you guys? Good to be That's here. Bad. I'm I'm here in the Plantation Rum Showroom.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Very good. Very good.
1: Too 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 bad. I'm by myself, but uh <laughs> right on. Right on. Steva.
2: Hi. I'm actually at the Atomic Lounge today. Yeah. New new view. Wow. Yeah. Um. I wish you could see the whole bar. This is where I work on Friday and Saturday so
1: cool. yeah i like that i like that uh that wall yeah it's super vibey in
2: here
1: aaron from the plant sanctuary evolved yes
2: evolved. yes yes coming from you from the tropical oasis of baltimore maryland <laughs> with with <laughs> my, my lovely plant sandra who is growing taller and taller every week and Sharon has <laughs> those uh, uh, plantation OFTD. So apparently that keeps her growing well. So wow, we we'll go to that. It's a new occasion. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna check back with you shortly. Let's get to our main presentation here. Gentlemen, before Thank we go you. into that, actually. Uh a little bit of background, as mentioned, this is kind of a part two of The Art of Blending, which John has delivered live at Tiki Sea a number of times in a very fun setting. Uh, going a little bit deeper, talking about the slushy machine. As usual, chat box and questions. If you guys are on Crowdcast, you can ask questions. Same thing on Facebook Live with the comments section. Please do share via both. Tip jar, if you are so predisposed, at John, J-O-N, Arroyo, Arroyo, Presentation will be 30, 40 minutes. Cocktail session, I mean, it's pretty much the same this time. And then we'll have five questions with the Tiki fam. So let me bring you guys back in for this. Uh, I'll introduce these guys. Glendon Hartley, first, artist and bartender based in Washington, D.C., he began to educate himself while in university in all things alcohol-related, currently holds multiple certifications of spirits, notably the Bar 5 Day uh, and something on Armagnac, which I'm not <laughs> trying to pronounce. Sounds very cool. I'd like to know more. Um, he co-owns Service Bar, Super Rad Bar in D.C., a lively neighborhood cocktail hub, and features a heavy rotation of local and seasonal ingredients currently in its fourth year. Year four. John Arroyo, innovative visionary in the color. Yeah. Of
2: head. You can awesome. tell I wrote that bio <laughs> myself. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, created, and oversaw the nationally recognized beverage program that drove 25% annual revenue for a hundred million dollar valuation company for Farmers Restaurant Group. Most recently, created the company's award-winning craft distillery, Founding Spirits. Um, John is at the helm of all operations for driving culinary concepts, talent acquisition, and innovative marketing strategy. He's currently branching out at the Copper Fox Distillery in Virginia, where he's implementing a beverage program. With that, let's go to you guys. We're going to zoom in, I think, on this operation here.
2: One note after that. We're going to load up our uh, our beverage into the Taylor machine right now to give you guys an indication on... uh, how long it actually takes for you to go from liquid to slushy cotton. This is live, Glenn, so be careful. oh well,
0: I just wanna note, for record, he hasn't
2: spilled a drop. So, he's a really talented bartender. Steady hands.
1: This is impressive. I feel like this. I'm at speed rack.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, as usual, I'm barbacking because I suck. Um, all right. That's far back in the game. But you're a visionary. I used to, I used to be able to carry 20, uh, three 24 packs of Corona. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm 45 now, so. <laughs> Important to note for everyone, we're doing this intentionally because we want you to see live how efficient this machine works. Uh, it's uh, 3.09 right now. We're going to go 1. Yeah. And let's begin rock and roll cool all right so in the past when we did the seminar uh with Tiki by the sea you know it started mainly as a seminar based on the science of what it takes to really turn your cocktail into a frozen drink uh, we went obviously blenders are are part of that process so you know, briefly, we, we would kind of go through the blenders that we think most bars would potentially use. Uh, I prefer the Vitamix myself, and we have a Vitamix with us today that we're going to show you that you use. Um, but, you know, you can use a Ninja, you can use a Warren, whatever wherever it is you got. That being said, we also focus a little bit more on, on the ice that goes into your frozen drink. In this particular case, and in, in the slides that you'll see, we recommend Pebble Ice to be. Use for your blender. What I really want to talk to you about today, though, is how we evolved to present-day Taylor machine.
3: So after doing
2: the seminar, I don't know, Pete could tell me, I don't know it's four times, five times. We kept getting more and more questions about frozen drink machines. I think five. I think he did it five, five. Boom, it's making it a one of them. And so I believe last year's Tiki by the Sea, I actually added the slide for uh, the Taylor machine. And when Pete reached out to me for this opportunity, I thought it was perfect. You know, a perfect opportunity. Not to mention that Glendon's been working with the Taylor machines for years and has this great relationship with our guys here at taylor-company.com. And so here we are. I go, okay, great. Why don't we just evolve to chapter two of our frozen drink seminar? So we're going to spend very little time on the blender portion. I just want to revisit this blender drink, go through some of the ratios that we have for the drink itself, and then really talk about how you go from that to this, okay? So, Pete, if we can go to the actual composition slide of... uh,
0: This uh, is it, right here.
2: There's your ice, get a little heart around the pebble ice. (laughs) I think it's the slide after this, there we go. So this pretty much just breaks down what what is a frozen drink. Frozen drink, spirit, plus juice, plus fruit, plus sweetener, plus ice, plus blender, and very important, plus speed and time equals blended drink. Now that's your blended drink formula, if you will. If you go to the following slide after this, we, we get into like this. Now, I will go as far as telling you this right now. This is not set in stone this is not you know perfect science this is something that we have come come upon during our experience of making blended drinks that basically says if you can keep your cocktail in this particular ratio world chances are it's going to be a pretty good drink so chances are and what i mean by that is from a frozen drink perspective you'll have a pretty good consistency in your cocktail so i wanted to kind of revisit that before we go into the drink itself. So let's go to the drink. Uh, To the next slide So we're gonna do a hurricane today. I'm gonna let uh, Glenn tell you a little bit about the hurricane recipe as I prep the blender. So this hurricane recipe, we essentially mimicked the recipe from uh, Patty O'Brien's, but we broke it down a little bit. So as in New Orleans, you would use the fashionola, which is basically a blend of strawberry and passion fruit, we've kind of broken everything down to teach everyone the, the ratio that we're going to be using as far as flavor and alcohol to, uh, to, to uh, Just to give you guys a heads up really quick before I start blending this thing, give a shout out to my boys plantation. And also, so everybody we advised, Pete suggested that I use the bottle in front of my face for most of the seminar. So uh, <laughs> from this point forward, you're only going to see the bottle on my face but thank you again i oh, much better. better you guys are awesome here we go that. so right now john is uh putting in the pebble ice that we have in the first slide i usually blend for a drink with this much sugar in it on a medium to high blend You're going to notice um, the dramatic difference in consistency to a blender. Wow, look at that. To the blender version of a frozen drink versus a frozen cocktail machine. Let's, let's taste this thing. So. You know, one of the things we talk about a lot in frozen drink making is consistency of the drink itself. That's very good cocktail. It really depends on what you want your customer guest to experience with the frozen drink and what the drink is it is itself. So this is a Hurricane. Hurricane, because of the amount of sugar in this particular cocktail, it's you're gonna have a much broader scope of where you can have, you know, you can go slushy, you can go frozen, you can go fluffy, you can go smoothie. So it's a very uh, versatile cocktail. Whereas if we get a pina colada per se, that's gonna be a completely different consistency that you might be looking for. Hurricane has a lot of bold flavors that transfer um, to a cocktail with a little bit more dilution um, in a big way. So you can taste all the flavors with the amount of water that you put into the beverage. Let's go ahead and show you where we're at with the machine. wanna pour a little taste to see where we're at consistency-wise. So then will also talk a little bit about what we're looking for in the frozen drink. So this, we've had this in here for about uh, six minutes now. And you can see the consistency. It's frozen, but it's not yet where we want it to be. Where we want it to be is and it has a little bit of a peak on top. Um, and we're going to be there in about uh, four more minutes, I'd say. All right. But right now, this beverage, like I've consumed a lot of beverages that bars with this consistency. So we're here after six minutes. And um, this is looking beautiful right now.
1: So literally 10 minutes in, you're good to go.
2: First, Basically, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about what happens before we got to the part where Glenn but then put in the, uh, the batch.
0: One of the hangups
2: of the, of, that you can do to yourself is, obviously, how do we go from single recipe to batch recipe? So let's talk about that a little bit, uh, yeah. specifically the hurricane recipe that we have in the slide. So once you break down the uh, hurricane recipe, you basically have a, a sugar content, but then you have a sugar, a syrup, that's made of a flavor that's uh, typically a little bit sour. Uh, so what ratio that I use for doing these types of cocktails is you take your citrus and then essentially double your citrus with the amount of sugar that you're going to have on hand um, in your beverage. And Then what I typically do is match that with the amount of spirit that you're putting in. So equal ratio of essentially of spirit to your sugar source. And then also with dilution in that way you can have a, different, um, you can have different avenues in which to add flavor or subtract and uh, and create a beautiful slushy cocktail. So that's the ratio that I choose to use, and the recipe that I've given you guys should reflect a little bit of that. We, um, we bumped up a little bit of the alcohol just to give it more flavor, and uh, we played with the ratio a little bit, but that's the ratio that I tend to use. Generally-
1: when you guys go from something you might do on a blender to this, is this something you might test in a smaller format? And 100%. Then bump up? Yeah.
2: You don't want to do a 64-ounce batch test. Uh,
0: wow. Not <laughs> a good look. <laughs> i
2: sure yeah. would appreciate that as well. So typically, if, if I was at Service Bar right now or one of the other bar programs that I've set up, you can do a test with a blender. And you can do a big batch test, but typically I would multiply my cocktail by 20 and use that ratio, but if I was at service bar, I would use liquid nitrogen to actually freeze the cocktail to the consistency. Well, that well that's, it's the going out. that's the next that's the next step. It's a lot easier. <laughs>
1: But (laughs) (laughs) the content we need a reason to get you back on, man.
2: But it's it's (laughs) easy to use the ratio that you're using as far as like the pebble ice that you're gonna put in to blend your cocktail into translating that into straight coarse or of water. That's a good point. So one of the ways that you can do that is to control your dilution when you're experimenting with your blender is weigh your ice. So you know Everybody has different vessels. They could be using an ice scoop or a measuring cup, which I would recommend. But to really put the control in place on the amount of water, because apple ice, as great as, as, as it is for frozen drinks, it will melt too. And the number one enemy in any frozen drink is water. So, and your ability to control that water and from it freezing too fast in your cocktail and it getting clumpy, et cetera, et cetera. The other thing that I would consider when you're assembling and you're working on your ratios is the sugar content in the spirit. So for us, we're fortunate to work with a solid product in plantation. I have a lot of uh, familiarity with the product, but rum tends to have a little bit more sugar content than other spirits, so it, it wants to be in frozen drinks. But we'll talk a little bit about my, my Pisco guy here for a second. If you're making a Pisco sour uh, drink, that's a completely different if you're making a pisco sour frozen drink, you should just give up making frozen drinks again because after you have that one, you're no longer going to want anything else.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Uh, of course, <laughs> unless you've got cachaça. Specifically, except
2: for cachaça. Except for, kashasta, <laughs> except for, kashasta, except for kashasta, yeah. I thought that's you know, what I heard. You that's mean. what I was saying. Yeah, about. yeah, it was confusing. All you. right, let's, let's check the machine. You can tell by the color <laughs> part of the way, that this is probably very close. Yeah. This one was getting... So this is essentially the consistency that I was talking about before, and we're, uh, we're nine minutes in. So this is, you have the peak here, you have the structure of the beverage. It's not melting in my hands, and this is what you essentially want. This one was good, but this is the consistency that you get with a lot of uh, other machines, but Taylor, it always comes out perfect.
1: Yeah, that does look good
2: we had some plastic spoons i wanted to show them but let's taste this you can see that this perfect thank you all right thanks dave uh you can see the three different consistencies here right this is still (laughs) this is still a it's a pill drink how's the consistency well when you start to look at it and you get to this beautiful thing you're like ah put this over here this guy hand model. <laughs> what I was trying to say earlier and it was a great tip is even though that drink looked great it still was a little too soon because look at how fast it diluted hmm. versus this guy is just standing i mean like standing tall yeah and if it also depends on the ambient temperature of the room or your setting so if you're out on a beach somewhere by the time you take this to a guest, it's gonna look essentially like this. Uh, by the time you take this to a guest, it's gonna look perfect, I and mean, it's gonna have the perfect amount of uh, dilution where they can actually consume it in a... In, in, in- 100%, he, he just mentioned a great point. You have to also consider the time that this might sit in a window. By the time it gets to the cocktail table or the, the, the dining table, You know, you put so much love, time, and effort into it. You want it to look like this when it hits the table.
1: How about how does that evolve over time? Is it going to stay at that kind of perfect? So, so let's say you're still have a lot
2: of minutes left in this seminar. So we'll put this guy over here. Yeah. Bring it back. Um, But let's bring let's bring our our resident expert back in here. Because there's only so many. Glenn and I will definitely do a great job if we can helping you get the science Mm -hmm. of the actual physical cocktail. But when it comes to temperature and things that are specific to the guy right here. So that's a great question. I guess it would depend on the product itself, whether this is an ice cream based product or a fruit based product. But what what is the goal? What do you think the the time standard would be that you want this drink to hold up and look at? As nice as it does
0: right here. Wow, beautiful. I think probably a, a good rule of thumb would be at least 15 minutes, to, because you know it's be, it's going to be gone by by right. five minutes probably. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I think that's. But it will start. It will start to melt a little, but it's going to look pretty much like that for uh, a good amount of time. Again, it all depends if you're if your server is uh, taking this to the beach in 110-degree weather, obviously it's going to degrade a lot faster.
1: And then what about just over time? Let's say you're down two hours later after you put that mix in. Is it still pulling with the same consistency? Does Are it you talking it? about in the machine
0: and coming out?
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay.
0: Yeah. All day long.
1: All day. Same, same vibe.
0: not a problem. It's going to be the same consistency from the beginning of the day to the end of the day.
1: We had a question here for the expert, how big is the machine, what, how much volume does it hold?
0: So basically, that's a good question because we have lots of different machines. So you have countertop machines, floor model machines, they have different size hoppers, and we also have what we call remote fill, which are batches, so you can get it up to uh, you know, 20, 40 gallons in a batch. So But okay. can, I, 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 yeah. can you
2: just can we talk to them specifically about this machine right here that we just used? What do these two hoppers hold?
0: So that's going to be about fourteen quarts. Thank you. Sir. Can you uh, kind of talk
2: our lovely audience through this actual machine, like a little bit of the specs about this machine, its capacity, what it can, how much drinks we can pump
0: out in a, you know. Eight hour shift so basically there are, there are uh, several ways to look at uh, your capacity one is uh, ounces per hour okay you can also uh, look at how how what we call impact servings and what that basically means is that how many drinks in a row you can draw without having it uh, get too soft that's really the key and so each each unit has its own capacity and what i would suggest is that when you're uh when you're looking at different types of equipment like i said we have uh 37 distributors across the u.s i would suggest that what you would do is go ahead and call your local distributor and by the way we do have uh on their website you can uh, find your uh, distributor on the website that's local. they will come out and size the unit for you, and that way you'll get the right uh, unit. And if you point. don't find
2: what you're looking for, Dave has offered to give everyone his personal cell phone number, right. and you can text him at any given time, whether you're West Coast time or East Coast time, he'll take care of Dave, you. To,
1: Dave, are you going to send me one of those to put back here? i got some space back here. And I totally, that could really up my game on these Tiki Tuesday talks.
2: (laughs) The website that uh, Dave is referring to is taylor-company.com. And you can go on there, put in your uh, zip code, and you can find your designated dealer in your area.
1: I got some other questions for you guys. What's the electric pole? What's the electric pole of that machine?
0: So this one is a 208 volt single phase. That's a uh, 20 amp. Got it. Now this is this is a two-flavored machine. We only have one flavor running. Got it. We also have single, single as well.
1: So another question problem. for you.
2: Why get a single when you can do a double? You
1: know? There you go. Good good point. Uh, what specifically is the technology that makes it silky, smoothier, denser than other machines, such as Bun? Can so, you
0: talk about that So what we do is uh, we have soft tech um, controls and what we're actually measuring we're not measuring how cold this gets we're actually measuring amp draw for the motor and that what it does is it measures how, when this goes around how much amps it draws which actually is a better measurement for how frozen this product is. So, it's not going to get too frozen or obviously too soft. You're essentially measuring the consistency exactly.
1: uh, of the and, and you guys, those are those are fake drinks right there, right? You just spray painted oh, them? Yeah. So, thank, thank you
2: guys for our Cheers. It's an honor to be here. I want to take you by the sea. Commune.
1: Commune. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Uh, we got a slide here. Do you want to talk through this a little bit, John, this, your machine? Yeah.
2: Uh, I kind of wanted to, you know, after conferring with uh, Lyndon on the machine, and <clears throat> we kind of just came up with, with what we thought were some good touch points that you should consider when you're using a frozen uh, cocktail machine.
1: Yeah, you did a good job putting as many words on this slide as possible. So uh, I'm sure everybody can read that at home.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> but
2: that being said, we should probably segue a little bit to troubleshooting. Uh, some of the bigger things that we, you know, questions that I've gotten in the past for these frozen drink machines. And then if you have something, you know, super technical, obviously we have Dave, but I think we're going to start with uh, this parts kit. So if you want to come back, Pete, this is, uh, again, you can, we got a case
0: of this for you. Come to you uh, next week. Uh, Perfect. Yes. Uh, well, right. as as it's coming with the machine. So typically, what what the um, when people say they have issues with with any cocktail frozen cocktail machine, it usually uh, breaks down to improper cleaning. Okay, because we are using a product with a lot of sugar, so you can get some sticking and everything else but also lubrication. And so this has to be uh, lubricated on a regular basis. But more importantly, we also have what we call a tune-up kit. And you can see not many parts, but these are very important because these are what we call the wear items. And you have things like O-rings and hubs and things like that. And what this, these should be replaced about every three months. And we also have scraper blades, which, will, uh, which are what turning around and making sure that we have consistent product. So if these are replaced on a regular basis, and these, this is very cheap, uh, you're really doing your own preventative maintenance. And you just do this when you do a cleaning. So it takes you no extra time to do a cleaning. And you, brought, you basically make this machine brand new again. Got it. Awesome. Uh, Brendan, do you want to talk to them a little
2: bit about uh, ambient temperature, how important it is, where your machine is located? I would love to. <laughs> As we spoke about earlier, obviously, if you're in a warmer environment and you have received this cocktail, it's going to melt quicker. So my my whole ethos is that if you have one of these machines, it should not be sitting out in a where it's gonna take a lot more power to actually freeze this beverage. Um, Also, actually I'm gonna turn this over to Dave in a little bit, but um, you have to have uh, a good amount of ventilation, especially if your uh, machine is air-cooled. And uh, can you tell them what this
0: cool thing over here is? So basically this is what we call a top air discharge. We're bringing fresh air in from this side and we're uh, discharging air top. The reason why we use this is because we actually have a fan that's blowing that through, and if you put something next to it, like cups or straws or something like that, it'll actually blow over. But it's also a good way to get any heat. Now, there's not a lot of heat coming off of this. This is probably about maybe 80 to 80 degrees at most, um, but the important part is, is that this will allow it to go up and dissipate away from those shapes. But Um, We're talking about with ambient temperature. So if you're in a situation where it's consistently hot, you can also get a water-cooled machine. But more importantly, even in in hot temperatures, if this unit is outside, we have a lot of tiki bars that are outside, and they use this machine. And we tell them if it's undercover, it doesn't have to be in. It's not directly sunlight, the then you should be fine. So even if even in DC temperature at one hundred and sixty-five <laughs> degrees, uh, at least that's what it seems like, you can still have this outside and it still will work. But uh, you're absolutely, but uh, probably uh, absolutely right. You need enough ventilation. You can't put equipment directly up against it. You're going to need at least three to uh, six inches.
1: Got it. You guys cut out for a second, but I think what I took away from that is, as long as it's covered, even if it's hot, it's okay, and then you want to make sure to have enough room for the ventilation on the backside.
2: Essentially, that's correct.
1: Yeah. We had a question here as well. It's kind of of related. Is it possible to leave the mix in the machine overnight and stay chilled, kind of like ready to go? There you go. Easy enough.
2: How long can they, you know, what is the best practices for the product of the machine? Is best practice take the product out of the machine every night and clean the machine through? Or the, and obviously, every state, province, and city has their own health requirements. This is not the part I'm talking about, but I'm specifically saying the
0: capabilities of this machine.
2: Can they have their
0: frozen hurricane in there for 24 hours? Or, they, they definitely can. You're going to get some degradation. And what I always say is that if, depending on the product that you're running, you know, the drink that you're running, you want to, if you're going to run it for uh, longer than 24 hours, you want to
3: draw it out
0: at the beginning of the shift and make sure it's to your standards. Uh, but you obviously you should be cleaning this machine at least uh, two times a week. But there are, as you talked about, there are different standards in each state and what you're going to find, like in California, you have to empty this machine clean it every day. Got uh, Something for you, two, two things really quick. There's two things that we troubleshoot
2: and they're so super simple and they happen all the time. What if the drink is too thin and what if the drink is too chunky? What do we do then? Well... I, we were talking about that yesterday, actually. So what I do is I told you guys my ratio. Um, make sure the sugar is at uh, at least the same quantity as the alcohol you're putting in there and at least the same quantity of dilution. Um, dilution, I mean water, not tea, not uh, soda, or any other thing that you're going to put in there. Um, and then you can kind of play around with those ratios. So first off, if you're using something like... a blended up uh, coconut fats, or um, I had a question about strawberries yesterday. Uh, The strawberry syrup that we used here, we actually cooked the strawberries until they they were uh, actually able to be pressed through a chinois. so there's no large chunks. So with that said, if you're making a beverage that has chunks of fruit or fat or anything in there, there's obviously gonna be some stray from that ratio, Um, and you just have to play around um, with either the dilution or the amount of alcohol that you're putting in there um, or the sugar content. Um, So that's, I mean, honestly, that's my live all be all for cocktails like this. Um, So if it's too thin, um, I would bump up the sugar content or bump up the uh, water content as well. Um, Those are two things that will definitely help your cocktail freeze a lot better. Um, just make sure it's not freezing till it's. Uh, just make sure you're doing it incrementally, um, so it's not freezing to the point where you can't actually consume the drink. General rule of thumb, and another thing,
1: too too thin has to do a lot with too much booze or or imbalance ratio going in. One hundred percent.
2: Yeah, the the kind of like the the standard, the golden standard for uh, cocktails frozen drinks is when you start to troubleshoot the actual recipe itself, it's rare that the answer is gonna be more water <laughs> or even more booze. It's usually always gonna come down to the sweetener and the yep. level of sweet that you have in there. That's where I would start to manipulate the drink when you're starting to troubleshoot it, uh, both in a frozen drink machine or a, I'm sorry, frozen cocktail machine, Dave, he gets a little <laughs> upset when I say frozen drink. <laughs> You don't want to see this guy unravel, man. He's like, yeah, so that's kind of, and also the other thing to to bear in mind as well, and I'll go back and I said it again, be conscious of the sugar content in your spirit. You know, each spirit has their different bricks and levels of sugar content. But, um, you know, it's, again, it's rarely, water is rarely going to be the answer of dealing with whether it's too clunky or uh, too thin.
1: So when you guys have – because we've all had many of those cocktails, as you showed, kind of the the first pull, right? You're six minutes after, which is a little bit thin, not bad. But is that tend to have more to do with people being impatient at the bar and just throwing out cocktails because they've been waiting, or is it more to do with imbalance because you don't have the right blend to go in in the beginning?
2: May may I take the first out of that? So. Not to throw another shout out to Taylor, even though these guys are great. But that, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a testament to the machine, okay? So a lot of uh, different, there are different qualities of slushy machines out there. Um, but when you're talking about, there's a couple of different things that could be happening in that. It could be the cocktail recipe itself. It could be the machine not able to hold temperature, or it could be what Dave was talking about earlier, where how many drinks can you actually pull in a five minute span and still have this kind of consistency? By the way, it's still holding even after X amount of time. I think that's a testament to actually having Taylor come out and see your venue to give you uh, an actual recommendation on the machine that you, you should have. Um, a lot of places just go out and buy uh, machines on either Amazon or other from other distributors, um, but it might not support the volume that they're distributing uh, the cocktails at, in which you're going to always have a cocktail that's not really prepared for the situation that you're in.
1: Got it. Uh, We got another question here. A lot of questions for you guys, surprisingly. Um, Is puree better than fresh fruit when it comes to flavor? Definitely not.
2: back to this
3: You
2: So go. you can have purees from I know a lot of people love the I'm just gonna drink purees. This. They love French purees because they feel like the French make the best purees, but you have a sugar content there and you don't know essentially how your syrup or how your drink is going to react to that puree there's stabilizers in puree, there's a lot of other types of uh, citric acid in puree, and you don't know how it's gonna react to your cocktail. So I would always use the fresh fruit. Um, And you can also make purees out of the fresh fruit if you don't want to have to get fresh fruit all the time. You can blend it up, put it with sugar, and you can put it in your freezer. That's how you make puree. So I would always use fresh fruit when available. Pete, let's always avoid that question at the next seminar because you got really worked up. <laughs> it's it's a lot of passion.
1: we like to get passionate here and take you by the sea. Uh, you
0: know? <laughs> I will say one thing and not
2: to be disagreeable, although I like to disagree with them a lot. Uh, you have to bear in mind one thing with the fresh fruits, water content. Fresh fruits will have a little bit more water content than working with a frozen fruit or puree, if you will. Uh, it's just a different control, but don't lose sight of that. You know, especially when they're in season or if you're using a cucumber or things of that nature, which tend to have a lot more water content. If you're processing your fresh fruit, you know the flavor of it and you have an idea on what that water content is going to be.
1: Understood. uh, Sort of an adjacent question. How would you adjust your ratio for thicker or more sugar-concentrated syrup? Well,
2: Well, if you have thicker or if if you – if you have a sugar, if you have a syrup that's more than fifty percent sugar, to, yeah, that's exactly. Ooh, it. Gotta relax, gotta relax here. If you have a syrup you're getting that worked up over there you <laughs> him up. If you have a syrup that's more than a fifty 50 ratio, you're obviously going to want to uh, play with that recipe a little bit more. A syrup that contains more than a 50-50 ratio can actually support more alcohol in your actual drink. So you're doing yourself a favor um, by consolidating that down into the syrup. But you're always going to have to play with your alcohol content and your water content. You don't want it to be too thick, and you don't want your guests to get a drink that's so highly concentrated that they don't want to buy another one. So you have to bear that in mind. Also, it depends on the sweetener that you're talking about. You know, okay. You know that that's going to factor into too. It it doesn't hurt you to err on the more of the sweet, uh, like a two to one ratio. If you have, I mean, if you have the time or the space or the type of program to support this, you could have sweeteners that are specifically for your frozen drinks, Um, and and that's even safer play, if you will. Uh, You'll find a little bit more success with that sugar content for sure. If you're at a two to one or one point five to one kind of deal. Got it. Right. Is that okay? Is that, that's it. That's good. Next. <laughs> that's what we got.
1: That's what we got. That's what we got.
0: Perfect.
1: Yeah. Um, cool. Are we? Uh, do we still have time, Peter? are we got? Yeah, we still have time. What do you want to talk
2: about? All right. Um, I let me go back here. Are we good on questions right now? Dave, did, did we miss anything that we didn't how want to How are how are you gonna
1: implement this in your new program? Are you gonna have like 85? 80, I'm I'm picturing like a wall of frozens, you know what I mean? John, like John a
2: wall just, of amps. And he's gonna have them side by side. Yeah, yeah, there's a three three for one special going on these machines right now. Yeah. <laughs> you were <laughs> hate to mention it, but uh Oh, well, make sure you guys get a cell phone number and you can uh, connect with them. It's all going to be self served too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go.
1: Now you're talking.
2: I I think uh, that there was a in the craft cocktail world, unfortunately, uh, in the beginning stages, uh, if you will, there were, there was kind of a stigma to to frozen cocktail machines because of probably the location that you would most likely see a frozen cocktail machine at the time, whether it might be in a margarita or a sports bar, or, you know, a cheesy beach venue. But I think it's been embraced uh, specifically in the past five to six years where now, you know, you can get a a frozen penicillin. Uh, And, you know, it's, it's such a, when used correctly, and it's great to be in the house of experts and really have the machine here to kind of talk through it, this thing can pump cocktails out and pump them out as consistent as any bartender uh it just really circles back to you how 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 fluent are you with the equipment and how fluent are you with your ratios to make a natural frozen drink and i will go as far as saying this and Blender might disagree with me on this but if you can't make a frozen drink in a blender forget about the frozen machine you know you got you got to get this right first you're going to learn a lot about yourself and a lot about frozen drink cocktail making here and plus Contrary to what Pete likes to do, which is to do a 64-ounce test batch, um, I say you need to do a little eight-ouncer. As long surgery.
1: as you bought the product, man, it's all good. with
2: me. Yeah, yeah it's like know. just you know, do a case of uh, uh per batch. And, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I think that you got to get this down because again, you'll learn a lot of valuable lessons in a smaller amount of uh, of a cocktail versus experimenting in the in, in the big machine and just failing miserably. I have to agree with John on that point. You should always like use this machine first before you, this machine, the blender will teach you how to build your ratios and it'll also teach you a lot about yourself. What's your ratio, what's your personal ratio and uh, how you want to make cocktails. But as the industry uh, transcends into like higher volume cocktail bars with cocktails that are actually made correctly, I feel like a, uh, you know, the corny kick systems that we would only see at margarita bars or, you know, these types of machines are going to uh, be proficient in what we're trying to do in the future. Yeah. And, and if you guys want to catch uh,
1: version one of this seminar, I think we've probably got another 15 years of John coming to Wildwood and presenting this one. <laughs> yes. You know, so yeah. can't wait to see you at 60. As as
2: pops is out there with the, you know, we'll <laughs> yeah, be there. we could could you, know. getting cranky. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's classic. I miss old little Tiki by the sea. Oh
0: yeah. yeah. Well, I hope that yeah. you're to safe, by the
2: way, and healthy, um, you know, do a little shout out. I, before we cut off, I do want to specifically thank uh, Pete for having us on here, you know, uh, Steve obviously for tolerating me all these years, and uh, Nate, wherever he's at, Marvin, even Aaron Joseph, who, uh, you know, really around and got us that rum. Aaron's tending uh, to his plants right now. So he's, <laughs> no, he's no longer. <laughs> also want to send a thanks out to our guys here at Taylor. Uh, John Bancroft, who's off camera. Art Jock. And, of course, the infamous Dave Ford's here uh, are notorious at this point. We right love right? having you. Thank uh, you. This, Thank you. We're open to- this is the first yeah.
1: accepted sure. speech I've heard. So uh, well done. We we do have another question. Actually, I'm going to throw up the cocktail one far, more. Fire away, John. Um, the whole thing without icing anyone. What was the Ooh. thought between the three different rums here? Yeah, I'm waiting yeah. for the icing to come any moment. It's Not in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so okay what thought between these three different rums and, and why you utilize them?
2: All right. So basically, plantation threatened us that if we didn't use at least three of them, kidding. So uh, do you want? to? Talk about. Go ahead. You. So we love to use the white rum as like a base. So you build your flavor off of that one. And then once you find your golden ratio, um, as said previously, um, you start to mess around with flavors. So the pineapple dark rum makes a fantastic addition to the flavor of the white, because the white is like nice and grassy and you get these nice floral notes off it. But the pineapple has this, nice note that adds to the passion fruit and the strawberry plus the added molasses Um, and then you always have to have some sort of overproof uh, in there so just a little bit but to bump up the The overproof uh addition of the overproof rum when you have access to it really helps bind the drink together so it's kind of like your bitters you know it says there's a little seasoning in there and it really brings the drink you know, together because there's so many flavors. Again, you're dealing with all, you know, the the caveat to all tiki drinks is the sweetness, um, and it doesn't have to be that way. You know, you still aim for good balance, you know, approachability, and things of that nature. And so, when all else fails, just throw some overproof rum, yeah, in there. Some overproof rum in there. or overproof cachaça and uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> we just like the base, and then you pepper in a little flavor on top of that.
1: Got it. Got it. Great. Let me put uh, your contact info up. So if anybody wants to be in touch, I'm not sure why, uh, but you can via these mechanisms here, ask these guys further questions, dig in a little bit deeper. Uh, thanks so much, guys. We're gonna come back to you uh, to say goodbye. So don't go anywhere, but I'm sure you got some cocktails to drink over there.
2: You got it, thanks for having us. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Cheers. All right, Alana hey what's up
3: (laughs) not much how are you thanks for your patience
1: yeah speak for that long you know what i mean
3: (laughs) (laughs) well that was my third time now and i still enjoy it every time yeah
1: no he's great that's a total joke of course um all right five questions you ready i guess so all right weirdest thing you saw in wildwood weirdest thing (laughs)
3: <laughs> weirdest thing. Uh, um, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was when we're all like kind of like w- with the comforter blankets like some people with like a, a group of people we were cold-, cold on that Saturday of like one of the I think you said one of the coldest days in Wildwood in June yeah. and we were like in comforter blankets. I thought that was kind of weird and funny. At least those pictures are hilarious.
1: Yeah, those are hilarious. Everybody basically drug down their their blanket from the room and was cocooned in it. And meanwhile, our photographer's like trying to make this look like a fun, exciting TV <laughs> experience.
2: He's like, What do you want me to do with this dude?
3: <laughs> was, Sideways
1: was, rain. Sideways rain. All right. Uh, describe Steve Casey in one word
3: Amazing. Uh, oh. Oh, amazing that's all like she's everything amazing she's great wow
1: wow it's an, another acceptance speech in the works I think, yeah.
3: <laughs> Toronto uh, is my second home so we miss you I miss you oh man it's 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 the same but different but very different <laughs> but we'll still be here
1: you know that's a good segue tell us about the land for the north
3: well uh ontario specifically uh we just got shut down again um we can do just to go and and patio but uh other than that inside dining room has just got shut down on uh what was it the 9th of october so 28 days and and hopefully that's it but we'll see how it goes um other than that, I think we're all in the same boat really. We're all experiencing this in different times, but we're all experiencing this. Uh, so just trying to push through and focus on a good to go program and, and shit like that.
1: And shit. Well yeah. said.
3: Yeah.
1: How can we support you guys? Is there any way that our viewers can
2: support you guys?
3: Well, yeah, we just started like an online store for Shameful Tiki Room. Uh, So we have two locations, one on the other side of Canada in Vancouver and here in Toronto. So uh, everything from mugs and T-shirts and and all that jazz we're doing online. Um, Other than that, I don't know, just a nice little like hello, review, some love to the staff, that kind of shit.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, I'll be on the lookout for that. I definitely need to
1: improve my rug, my mug selection here in Las Vegas. So, yeah, yeah. awesome. All right, favorite tiki by the sea memory.
3: That's tough. Like, there, I just, just like some funny times. Like, I remember when my roommate Rhonda came back and like came back from Walmart, and we were just like laughing about something really funny and that's one of my favorite times. I remember trying to batch cocktails and like shake them in the big jugs. Oh not like, like giant Gian buckets. And I like I was like, how do you do this? And things like that. Like just like more really funny, great moments with individuals. Cause like that's what my favorite part is is just like meeting people and connecting and and that's what Tiki by the Sea is about. And like whether it was volunteering or, or being part of um of the whole thing I and mean, we just those little moments.
1: Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> uh all right. Yeah. Favorite meal. Favorite meal you had in Wildwood, New Jersey.
3: Well that's gotta be your dad's uh boil, right? Like it's gotta be that. Um and, uh, that was the best. It was the best.
1: I agree. I'm going to have to stop asking that question because everybody says that, you know. <laughs> it's going to give him a big head. Not that he knows how to use the internet and watch these things. Or
3: something. <laughs>
1: um, when are you coming out of Vegas? I'm throwing in an extra question.
3: Uh, so my twin sister is going to get married on Halloween. Um, I was looking at flights today and if I can pull it off, it's just the 14-day quarantine thing that's obviously... A struggle, right. uh, but if I don't know, I'm thinking about that sooner, sooner than I I, I want to come down, obviously, but we'll see.
1: Well, hopefully, let me know if you make it. I'm I'm here. I'm hungry. Yeah. What
3: do you What do you like? Do you like living in Las Vegas? What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's cool. I'm out, kind of in the Red Rock area, so there's cool. a lot of space. I get some hiking in. You know, it's been good. Yeah. It's, Sort of kind of half-open, like opening, but you never know. Same idea as everybody Yeah, for
3: does. sure. For
1: sure. Steve, what do you got?
3: Um, I miss
2: Atlanta and Shameful Tiki and Toronto, and you guys
3: get to have a beverage together at Frankie's Tiki Room without me. I'm going to be very jealous. Because <laughs> um, that- I know that you love that place, Atlanta, and that – Las Vegas will be very lucky to have you if you get to go to Cassie's wedding. That'll be amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah, I hope so. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Is your wedding where? Come? Yeah, I know. Now my little twin sister gets to beat me. It's kind of some bullshit, but uh, <laughs> you know what? If she, like, if, if you know, I'm I'm happy that she uh. Well, you know, with everything going on in the world, she wants to do it because uh, who knows if things change, right? So, so she's definitely gonna go for it, and I'm happy. And she's doing a little spooky uh, white wedding chapel thing on Halloween, and hell yeah, it's fun. So,
0: so, yeah, That's hopefully, funny.
3: hopefully, I can get there. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. Please give Aviva our love.
1: <laughs> Very cool. Thanks for joining us, Jessica. Yes, we do. We'll do. We got Julie Reiner and Ed Teach, uh, Master and of Copali, talking about going green and rum production. Uh, Julie is a global brand ambassador, but also, as you guys probably know, owner of Clover Club. Uh, previously, a number of other amazing bars, just leader in our industry. Super excited about that. We'll bring everybody back in say goodbye oh, hi.
0: how are those drinks guys hey they're uh they're gone they're gone, <laughs> they're gone
1: you, a big talk, so you got plenty of work to do Thanks al thompson so and marvin both say hi by the way what? al thompson and marvin
2: oh nice Appreciate you guys.
1: It's been a lot of fun. Guillaume, good to see you in the lab. Thanks for supplying lovely
0: rum. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Thanks for having us.
3: Cheers, (laughs) guys.
2: Bye.
0: Bye.